The reading is from Ephesians chapter 1 and from verses 3 to 14. It can be found on page 1173 of the Red Bibles in front of you. Ephesians chapter 1, beginning at verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. Thanks very much for reading for us this morning, and it'd uh, be great if you could keep that open, page 1173 of our church Bibles, there's one just in front of you, and uh, let's pray now and ask God to help us to understand this together. Uh, Father, thank you that on this uh, Pentecost, Whit Sunday, we remember the giving of the Spirit to the church, and we pray, Lord, that as we come to your word now, the word that your Spirit inspired, so that by your Spirit, we pray, Lord, you help us to understand this. Uh, and to, to live this out in our lives, we pray for Jesus' sake. Amen. So, hopefully, here we go. Uh, so it's Ephesians 1, 3 to 14. Thank you, Stuart, for uh, clicking for us this morning. Um, I think we're meant to get excited as we read this. Um, uh, I think when the Apostle Paul who wrote this, when he, when he first uh, would have probably dictated it, uh, when he did so, he would have been really excited. Uh, the reading in the original is 200 words, and in the original it's one sentence. And, uh, and I reckon probably, uh, um, uh, well actually I can't, I tried, it would be the kind of thing you might try to say in one breath. But it's kind of difficult. Um, so uh, uh, actually in my study, I could do verses 11 to 14 in one breath. I won't be able to do it now because speaking more loudly, uh, you use more breath, don't you? But it would have been similar like, like this. So look at verse 11. It was something like this. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be the praise of his glory. And you also have been included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a steel of promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance and the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. 
Now that's the kind of, you know, it's, uh, Chris, you're dead right to read it the way you did read it, because we need to focus and concentrate on it. I just want to give you a bit of a feeling for how Paul was feeling as he was writing this in the first place. And um, so let's have our Bibles open. Hopefully we've got a bit of a feel of the excitement of this. Um, we're remembering today, we're celebrating the gift of the Holy Spirit to the church, to us. And this passage is, uh, is an avalanche. It's an avalanche of praise and excitement of all that God has done for us and of, of all that God has given to us. Uh, and that includes the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, I imagine if you uh, say you go around to someone's house, um, say a Eurovision party or better, a royal wedding party, much better, a royal wedding party. Wasn't it a good wedding yesterday? It was great. And uh, uh, and you meet someone there who you've never met before. Uh, in fact, you meet a number of people you've never met before. One of them is, uh, is, a, is a guy who um, uh, seems very quite quiet and self-effacing. He talks easily uh, to you uh, about yourself and about uh, his family, but also... Uh, almost nothing at all about himself. And then you kind of naturally drift off and uh, you talk to others. Uh, and um, it felt like it was getting a little bit awkward. And, uh, and then you talk to other people about this quiet, self-effacing guy over here. And uh, somehow you almost feel a bit awkward talking about him. And that, in a church like this, is very often the way that we feel about the Holy Spirit. To be honest, we feel a bit kind of awkward sometimes at talking about the Spirit in our lives. And I hope this morning we'll feel just a a little bit less awkward about thinking and talking and learning about the Holy Spirit. Uh, Just in general, this morning and and generally. And uh, so this morning I want to say, let's embrace the Holy Spirit who is in you now. If you're a Christian believer, you have the Spirit in your life now. So let's not be awkward, let's not be shy at talking about the Holy Spirit and all that he's done. Let's embrace the Holy Spirit who is in you now. If you're a Christian, you have the Spirit in your life. If you're not a Christian, you don't. But for Christian people, we have the Holy Spirit. So let's embrace the one who is in our lives, who is part of the Trinity, our Trinitarian God who is in our lives. Now, if I was going to give a full um, exposition of all these uh, verses from verse 3 to verse 14 here, I think we'd probably be here all week. And I guess some of us need to be at work tomorrow morning. But uh, So what we're going to do is um, I'm going to focus on four key things which I hope will help us to embrace the Spirit and to rejoice and celebrate the fact that he was given on that first Pentecost and he's in the lives of every single Christian. His presence with us is the testimony of all genuine Christians, whether they're charismatic or free church or Baptist or very reformed or Catholic or Pentecostal or whatever. If we're Christians, uh, we're in Christ is the phrase that's used here. And we have the spirit. In fact, that little phrase in Christ or something uh, very close to that, I think it's uh, 10 or 11 times in between verses 3 and 14. So, for instance, uh, verse 3, praise be to the God and the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Or you look at verse 11, in him. We were also chosen. That's in Christ. Or in verse 13, and you also were included in Christ 
or towards the end of uh, uh, that verse, uh, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Now, by the way, verse 3 is a great verse to learn. I hope from time to time you want to learn verses in the Bible. And verse 3 is a brilliant verse to learn. Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Why not write it on a card? Stick it on your fridge. Keep it there underneath one of your fridge magnets or something like that. Uh, uh, Put it by the sink. Learn it with a friend, whatever. To be in Christ means that we are part of Christ. Our relationship with him is so close that we actually become part of him. Just as an illustration, a few years ago, I was uh, given a birthday present by our family, and uh, it was to uh, have a track day. In other words, an opportunity to drive one of those. That's a Lamborghini. And uh, um, around the racetrack, uh, there was a, a, a guy who knew what he was doing with me, and, uh, and then we took, went round uh, two or three times, or whatever it was. And, um, uh, and I, I, uh, I'd chosen the Lamborghini. I've always wanted to drive a Lamborghini. I thought that would be quite fun. To be honest, I was disappointed. I don't want to have a Lamborghini, it's okay. And, uh, um, but I, and I thought I'd driven quite fast, you know, like you do. I think we got a, well over 100 down the straights and so on. Um, uh, but at the end, you get a little report, slightly embarrassing. It just said, uh, safe and secure. <laughs> Which I think probably means slow, but being polite. Anyway, we, we then went, uh, oh, I then went on to, uh, I was then a passenger in some kind of souped up rally car, uh, driven by a professional racing driver. Now, that was a different story. The track was wet, there were leaves on the track, and we spent half the time going sideways. And, uh, uh, and this guy was just extraordinary. And as he was driving it, uh, and, and I was sitting in the front seat, and he was just here, and I was having a close, and he was just one with the car. You know, the car was doing, most of the time, what he wanted it to do and so on. And uh, he was just part of the car, unlike my two or three laps on this Lamborghini. And that racing driver is a picture of what it means to be in Christ, to be a Christian. One with the car. In the car, the car and him just acting together. And for the Christian, we are one with Jesus. We are in Christ. We're a unity with Jesus. Now let's get to the first point. If we're in Christ, the first two are going to be fairly brief, I hope. The second two, numbers three and four, will be a little bit longer. For those in Christ, the Holy Spirit, first of all, is a wonderful uh, blessing of God. The Holy Spirit is a wonderful blessing of God. Look at verse three again. Um, And it says here, God has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Or if you like, every spiritual privilege in Christ. So it's not the physical realm. It's not saying, become a Christian, you're going to get rich. Become a Christian, you'll have the new iPhone or something like that. No. Uh, These are all the blessings or the privileges in the heavenly realms, in the spiritual world. They're spiritual blessings. The realms where Jesus is enthroned, where he is victorious. And these are every spiritual blessing for us. Let's read it again. He's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. That's wonderful news, isn't it? Every spiritual blessing. Now that means, for instance, that if, um, if any Christian leader offers you more spiritual blessings, if you come to this conference, or if uh, you come to my church, or if you go to this meeting and so on, just ignore them. Just ignore them. 
Because uh, no meeting or conference or, or uh, uh, church or whatever can possibly give you more than you've already got if you're a Christian. Because the Bible says here, he has blessed us in the heavenly realms. It's been done. We have been blessed and therefore we are blessed now with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So if you're tempted to go, no need. You cannot receive more blessings than we have already have in Christ. And in verses uh, 4 to 14 here, he goes on and uh, he lists incredible blessings. Um, to sum up, for instance, um, he says we're, we're sons and daughters of the Father in verse 5, called, adopted into his family. He says in verse 7, we've been saved by the Son. He says we're going to celebrate that in communion later on. And then in verse 13, we've been sealed by the Spirit. This is a traditional reading that the Church of England has on Trinity Sunday, which is next Sunday, because it talks about the work of the Father and the Son and the Spirit, all three persons of the Godhead. And uh, you could have a series of sermons on each of those, can't you? But we can see here the gift of the Spirit is one of God's wonderful blessings. One of, the, one of his wonderful privileges that he gives to all Christian people. So let's not ignore the Spirit. Let's not be embarrassed. Let's not shy away from the Spirit. Let's not feel a bit awkward around the Holy Spirit and talk of him and so on. Let's rejoice. The Holy Spirit is ours. It's a wonderful, great blessing of God given to you on the day you became a Christian. Now for me, I can't tell you exactly when I became a Christian, but it was sealed for me on the 18th of April 1974, in the back of a boat on the Norfolk Broads. And from that time onwards, I know I was a Christian, and I know I had the Holy Spirit in my life. And on the day that you became a Christian, or maybe you're not sure exactly when it was, but you could nail a day when you think, well, from that point onwards, I know I definitely was a Christian. That was the time when the Holy Spirit, when you made your commitment to Christ, or you realized you had and he came into your life. When he say he came into your life, the Holy Spirit came into your life and took up residence there. And that is a wonderful blessing to thank God for today. Second, for those in Christ, the Holy Spirit is a sure channel of God's grace. Um, look at verse 6 and then verses 7 and 8. So in verse 6, at the praise of his glorious grace, which is freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption, that's the buying back through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. I love that in verse 8, lavished. It's like the idea of ladling out God's grace. It's like you're, you're really hungry and you, you turn up somewhere, you get back home for a meal and, uh, uh, and the plate's just being piled high with food, lavished out. So much more than we could ever hope for. Some say here it's a picture of a cupboard that's so full that when you open it, stuff just falls out of it. Like, you know, if you, someone had piled your kitchen cupboard full of Haribo, Packets of Haribo, okay? And then uh, because they're a bit slippery, aren't they? And then when you open the door, it comes, oh, and all comes down on the, on the worktop and so on. That's the idea, okay? It cascades out. And that's the picture here of God lavishing his grace upon us. And part of his grace is to come and be with us, uh, to send the Holy Spirit to be with us, to give us the Holy Spirit, for instance, so that we can understand the Bible this morning. 
The only way we can understand this, the only way that I could hopefully understand this in my preparation was by the Spirit working in our minds and our hearts as we do this. So let's embrace the Spirit who's in us now and ask him to help us to understand his word. This is um, William Temple, this guy, former Archbishop of Canterbury, stern individual by the look of it, and, uh, and he said this, it's no good giving me a play like Hamlet or King Lear and telling me to write a play like that. Shakespeare could do it, I can't. And it's no good showing me a life like the life of Jesus and telling me to live a life like that. Jesus could do it, I can't. But if the genius of Shakespeare could come and live in me, then I could write plays like that. And if the spirit of Jesus could come and live in me, then I could live a life like that. And the spirit of Jesus has come to live in us on that day when we made that commitment to Jesus, lavished on us by God's grace to help us to live like Jesus. And the Holy Spirit inspired this passage we're looking at now, isn't it? And it's a wonderful passage, isn't it? And given to each one of us to help us to understand it and for me to explain it as we study it together. And the Spirit is here and he wants us to help us to understand with our minds and to be excited in our hearts at this wonderful gift of God and the grace that he gives us, therefore, in living our lives for him. And becoming more like him is the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. I think I missed one out. Self-control are uh, 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 becoming more and more evident in our lives. And in our life together, a community life together here as God's people at BH. So for those in Christ, the Holy Spirit's a wonderful blessing of God. He's a sure channel of God's grace. And third, he is a seal guaranteeing our ownership. Now, when I was a boy, back home in Bromley, my parents had um, some sealing wax in the desk in the dining room. It was dark red. It was quite heavy and had a little, um, um, what's it called? The, the thing you get in the middle of a candle. A wick, thank you very much. We had one of those in, uh, in the sealing wax. And, uh, and I spent years wondering why the ceiling needed waxing. Until I realized that, of course, sealing wax is spelt S-E-A-L, and so on. And over the, over the years, I've received a few documents which, uh, like that seal there, have had a seal on them uh, with an imprint of the person or the organization sending the document pressed into the wax while it's still warm. Why? To tell you it's genuine. To tell you that this is re- a real thing from the person who sent it to you, who belongs to you see sheep up a mountain and they'll have a say a blue splodge or you know a mark on them won't they to say well they're part of this farm Uh, they belong to this farmer for instance Uh, it's the same idea to show who they belong to and if you have the holy spirit if you're a christian then you have this seal to verify that you belong to god to verify to prove to show you and others around us that you're genuine, that your faith is real. So look at verse 13 here. You also were included in Christ when? When you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you put your trust. It says when you believed, 
When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. It means that when you believed, you were given the Spirit who is a seal, who is a guarantee that what is going on in your life is genuine, to give us an assurance. So what's your story? If you're a Christian, what's your story? Um, all of us at some points, somehow, will follow that pattern in verse 13. When you heard the message of, salva- of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and then you believed. Now that will have done with, with everyone here today, if you're a Christian, everyone has their own story. It's different for all of us. But it's hearing the message and then believing and then for every single one of us who genuinely believed, you are marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is uh, never given to Christians at a later point. So if anyone teaches that we receive the Holy Spirit later on, that's not true. Walk away from that. That's not true. If you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. Sure, we need to be filled with the Spirit. I ask God to fill me with the Spirit pretty much every day. should pray every day that God would fill me with his Spirit. And uh, that is a good thing, and we can ask him to do that, because I leak. And I need him to fill me with the Spirit every day. But that's a different thing, and we'll be learning more about that tonight. But the plain fact of the matter is that when you become a Christian, you're given the Spirit as a seal, proof of ownership that you belong to Jesus. He's there in your life if you're a Christian, and we thank and we praise God today for his presence with us. Embrace the Holy Spirit who is with us now. So for those in Christ... The Holy Spirit's a wonderful blessing of God. It's a sure, he's a sure channel of God's grace. He's a seal guaranteeing our ownership. And the final thing is this. For those in Christ, the Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. Look at verse 14. Um, the Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Now, the Greek word there, this is written in Greek, and in modern Greek, uh, the word means an engagement ring. Like this one from the couple who got married yesterday. And uh, I love that, the Holy Spirit, God's engagement ring to you. The promise of a great wedding day, the promise of a marriage literally made in heaven, the promise of more to come. Uh, Michael Green uh, used to be a vicar in Oxford, and he said this, the Holy Spirit is the heavenly lover's engagement ring given to us. Is that good? The heavenly lover's engagement ring given to us. The word in the original is also used of, uh, like a deposit of uh, um, if you're buying something. Now, if you've ever sat in the sofas in our dining room at the back of our house, um, you will know they're desperate. Ten years ago, I think we were, uh, we were given them and they perhaps should have been thrown away then. And anyway, uh, so we've, uh, we've now uh, finally got around to ordering two new ones and we've paid a deposit. And, uh, and we, well, I have already now paid the full price, but, uh, but when I paid the deposit, it was also the promise that I was going to pay the rest of it. And the Holy Spirit is God's deposit in our lives 
that God will give us the rest of it later on, if that's not a, a, an unhelpful way of putting it. The Holy Spirit is given to us as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. The Holy Spirit is like a foretaste, just a touch of the wonders of glory. Someone said, the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit's uh, ministry to us now is a mouth-watering foretaste of the feast we shall enjoy in the presence of God. We don't have it all now. If someone says to you, I went to this meeting, this conference, it was heaven on earth. No, it wasn't. Heaven's going to be so much better than that. Yeah, we have a wonderful taste, a wonderful nibble, foretaste now of the glories of God and so on. Um, but, uh, but do not think this is all. Do not think this is as good as it's going to get, because it's not. Today, our enjoyment and, the, you know, sometimes it's just overwhelming when we're in church and we're listening to God's word or we're singing God's praises together. But this is just a foretaste of how great and wonderful it will be when we get to glory. It's a foretaste of the things to come. And we should be responding, you know, it's going to be so good. We should be embracing the work of the Spirit and thanking God for this wonder that we have now, this deposit who experience, who's guaranteeing the wonders of heaven, which uh, will be ours one day when we die or when Jesus returns, whenever that will be. So let's embrace the Spirit and pray that he would make us much more excited uh, about heaven in the future. Excuse me. Right, one other thing. Subi, before, on this, before we wind up. Verse 14, the inheritance. Excuse me. Now, whenever you see the word inheritance, it can be taken two ways. First of all, it's either the inheritance which we receive or the inheritance which we leave or we give to someone else. So here we have the Holy Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. Now, naturally here we think, don't we, well, it's guaranteeing our future in heaven. In the original, it could equally well be that we are the inheritance. If you read the, in the original language, it could be that we are the inheritance. In fact, that we are the inheritance which God receives. So it could be saying, something to think about as we conclude. So it could be saying that the, the, whole, the whole church, in other words, all Christian people, with the Holy Spirit living in us as a deposit guarantees that we will be God's inheritance. That is, that we, God's people, will be in heaven with him, received by him on the last day as Jesus returns, as God's cherished, loved, eternal inheritance. It's quite a thought, isn't it? That if we understand it this way, then we, God's church, throughout time, across the world and down the ages, are God's inheritance. Including you and me. Just extraordinary. And guaranteed, because God has given us his Holy Spirit. So embrace the Spirit who is in you now. And one thing as we finish, 
the climax of all this. It's repeated. Uh, it's in verse 6, but just have a look at the end of verse 12. Might be for the praise of his glory. And the end of verse 14, exactly the same, to the praise of his glory. That's the end result, that we should praise God's glory because of the Holy Spirit being given to us. So let's embrace the Spirit who is in us now to the praise of God's glory. Let's pray together. Father, we praise you that you've given us the spirits. Thank you, Lord. He's a seal and a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. And we pray, Lord, that uh, you would help us as your people here uh, to rejoice and to praise you genuinely and from our hearts of this most wonderful gift that you have given to all Christian people on that day when we made that first perhaps faltering step of belief. Lord, thank you for the gift of your spirit to us. And thank you for all that he means to us. Today, we praise your glory.